0: Hey, this is Jonah with Gray Area. Welcome to our series Spotlight, where our mission is to build a bigger and more united house music community by sharing new and exciting festivals, artists, and event brands with you. In this interview, you'll hear from Frankie and Centrino, icons in the worlds of melodic house and techno and label bosses for the label sung over histories. Be sure to like this video and subscribe for more interviews like this. You know, I like to ask everyone, um, which is if, you know, you guys have kind of a moment in time you know kind of earlier in your lives when you know you felt like you really started to discover and fall in love with dance music
1: yeah but basically um uh, uh, for me it was more natural I, I i somehow always had an interest for electronic music um, but to take it a step further like uh, the first time i fell in love with. The nightlife itself and the DJing as an art form um, was uh, one year before this party in June, 93, when I went to my first rave um, and it was in a biscuit halle in Bonn um, and Cosmic Baby and Steve Mason played uh, back then on the party and um, I was only 13 and with I had quite some luck to get into the, into the club. Um, but what I did was half of the night I was dancing on the dance floor in between all those adult crazy going people Um, and the other half of the night I was watching the DJ what he's doing and how he had the control of the full dance floor Um, but it it was back then what I liked is that... um, um, when, when I watched the DJ, but nobody else was watching the DJ. So the DJ was working, obviously, all night with his records and the people were interacting with each other, dancing, going crazy. And it was, uh, I really, I really loved it. And this picture in my head is still the idealistic um um and purest form of uh, of a of a night of a honest night you know the dj is working or is responsible for the soundtrack uh reads the vibe and everything but the people are interacting uh with uh each others and uh and dancing and having fun and having the time of their lives you know
2: absolutely so basically yeah and uh, interestingly, like what you said, uh, even I have a like a totally different background, but this moment that you were describing of just seeing what what the DJ is doing, thats uh, not that he does, doesn't have really the attention, that was one of the key moments for me too. And actually, even before I understood the music, because uh, I had this background of playing in all kinds of bands and a jazz big band, bar piano, I was totally into uh, handmade music, you know, piano or bass guitar in all kinds of bands and like uh, almost every day of the week, I was like fully invested in this for, for many years, and then I came there to my first uh, techno party, and this was for me like the most pure and uh, real and intense uh, way of celebrating music. And you know, it was like people, no matter what how they dressed, it was totally mixed up, were just together celebrating music, and in some corner was somebody taking care of the music, but it was not how I was used to everybody staring to to a stage and uh, want to see like a, a star. And yeah, unfortunately, this has changed also because still also in our scene, I think the people like to watch up to stage and see a star. But uh, yeah, that's also how it started for me and but yeah, it took me a little bit longer to really understand the, this monotone, always the same kick drum that to get used to that concept it took a, a year more to but <laughs> now, I get, I, now I get it, I think. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's like when you kind of have that first moment, it can be a pretty amazing experience. And there's obviously such a community around this music. Um, I'm just wondering for each of you, you know, do you have a memory of the the first time that you played uh, an actual DJ set, whether it was a memory of your first performance together or individually, you know, could have been at a real club for your friends, whatever it was.
1: Um, um, so it's it's already over twenty years ago. Um, I I think uh, the very first one um, was um, basically in uh, Romania. I played my first uh, gig in a club. Um, uh, I <laughs> it was a funny story because I was collecting records and. Um, I just, I just called this club in Romania, uh, I don't know, it was end of the 90s, I guess, or some, sometimes, uh, yeah, almost end of the 90s, and I called this club in Romania, and I presented myself like, hey, I'm, I'm a Romanian in Germany living, and I'm, I'm a DJ, and I'm coming to Romania to visit my family, and can I play at your club, and I said, yeah, come and uh, i think this was my first dj set ever in a club (laughs) like this not paid not nothing i just i was just happy to play in a club because zambara back then was in timisoara um, actually a really cool club and had um where were like they they had all the the people from global underground like Steve Lawler and Sander Kleinenberg and uh, but also some some German artists and they had some really cool uh, lineups um over there and I was like happy just that easy they let me play uh, I just <laughs> called I asked and they let me play okay good and yeah, I took the chance,
2: I played, it was awful, but. Uh... Yeah, I had a very weird one too, a very unusual one, because um, I was just starting then uh, to, to make music on my own, and then I had my first few tracks ready, and I started to give it to one or two DJs that I knew and were connected a little bit to labels. And then, uh, yeah, one label, Free From, from Hamburg, they uh, gave me a call, and they liked my music, and then started to releasing it, and uh, I had a few EPs out there, and then I had no idea about DJing, I never was DJing before and had the plan to DJ also. And then they called me, hey, you wanna come? We're doing a party here on New Year's Eve uh, in Hamburg and you can play your music for us. So, okay, and then uh, yeah, it was then really in a, like a huge venue and I played there for 3000 people the first time. <laughs> and I came with, um, with my studio headphones and I couldn't hear anything because it was fucking loud and well, I had no DJ headphones, I didn't know how loud it can be. Uh, yeah, that was quite uh, crazy. I had one of the first uh, CD burners so that I could burn my own music before they even were uh, available for a PC. Uh, yeah, and then I was there in front of a lot of people and it was quite kind of strange, but it was also good. The reaction was, uh, was nice actually.
0: It's great. I think it's funny like for people coming up now, you know, the the grind to kind of break through as a DJ is, you know, still kind of similar and maybe even harder because there's more people just involved and people who are trying to make it. But I think like now you just need your USB and headphones and you show up. And I think I think people who are doing it now don't even understand that there was a time when like you needed to carry around a bag of CDs or or your creative vinyls like just to play. Um, you know, I wanted to kind of get into just you know you guys have very interesting backgrounds and very different backgrounds Um, Frank as you alluded to you know you were a little more classically trained I think you know you kind of started your career playing a lot of guitar and piano and Sandrino you were coming up more in the club world as you mentioned how'd you guys meet and you know if you could just touch on kind of what some of those years were like before the two of you linked up yeah
1: uh, basically um... Uh, uh, I used to live in um, in the same area as Frankie. I mean, it was um, I, I used to live in Leverkusen, which is like fifty kilometers from um, from uh, Frankie's place, and somewhere in the middle is this uh, city called Wuppertal, and they used to have a very famous club uh, called Bhutan Club. And, yeah, uh, it was at Bhutan Club where we actually met in person, even though we had somehow the same surrounding, some, uh, we, we, we knew the same people and, um, and everything. But in the club, as Frankie was uh, regu- regularly playing there, uh, me being resident of the club, so it was just a, a matter of time till we personally met. And um, back then, um, yeah... Uh, we meet as we knew each other we started to be friends and we we didn't think of working together just to a later stage um was was it actually that that we got together into the studio and and we tried just out to work together it was not planned hey let's do a duo or something like this we just said okay hey let's try it out in a studio and see the outcome and then yeah, it was very pretty fast very clear that um, uh, it works in the studio the chemistry is right everything is working well and we just uh, give it a shot
2: yeah but i think also that, i mean as i remember and uh, it was also of course there was kind of a huge group of people here who were involved in creating parties all like djing whatever and uh, even for before really knowing sandrino you know i knew already and people were talking about that you know he takes it a little bit more serious than most of the other people and he has more passion for it and stuff and also and i guess in some way also uh, Sandrino knew that about me you know in terms of making music and stuff so that was just uh probably a matter of time that we found together
0: yeah uh, and it's interesting because you know just listening to some of the early music that you guys put out um you know whether it was like we are all dust in 2013 or the star child lost ep c5 you know they kind of they sounded so clean and professional and the sound design was really amazing. And it feels at least from an outside perspective, like, you know, you guys almost just hit the ground running. I'm wondering when you first got into the studio together, you know, were there any struggles to kind of find a a style or, you know, meshing your styles and who was influencing you at the time to kind of go in that direction musically?
1: Actually, okay. the best thing is the best thing is that um, we we never felt kind of a struggle. And if there is struggle, um, it is actually very good because the struggle brings you to the next step and to the next point and um, uh, to to yeah to the next step. And um, but but we never had a struggle in terms of uh, creativity loss or um, struggle to to create new ideas, to write new music or whatever. I think this is the, uh, our least problem we, we, we have, if, if I can say so. Uh, because in the studio, is always uh, we have always very nice moments, um, in different which direction it takes. It's just very clear. Maybe it's just because when we go to the studio, we, we actually try to have fun, we to ignore what is going outside and just uh, uh, lock ourselves into the studio. Uh, Sometimes we also take a little bit of acid and just have fun uh, um, listening to what we're doing on just trying things out and then we take it from there. But in the beginning, I
2: have to say it was a little different in the beginning for me at least, you know, because I was like a little bit uh, coming from another scene more in this progressive house kind of thing. And then um, Sandrino kind of introduced me also to kind of a new different world of uh, more... Musical kind of house music, whatever, however you want to call it, and uh, that was kind of fascinating, and very new for me. And even in the beginning, I was like very free in my head because I didn't know anything about the scene, and I was actually like completely trusting Sandrino in this. Especially he has a very clear vision about which sounds to choose and 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 stuff like that. And uh, it was just um, yeah, for me it was like more like exploring a new world, which which maybe was also the reason that everything sounded, uh, Yeah, it was never forced. It was just like um, a very new, exciting time in this, in that uh, moment when we started actually for me.
0: Do you guys find, I I think often when I talk to artists and they reflect on their very early work, It can be kind of a mixed bag in terms of looking back on it, whether they still like it, they don't like it, they like to play it out. I'm wondering, you know, when you look back on some of those tracks from like 2012, 2013, uh, are those still tracks that are fond for you and you like to play them or do they feel kind of in the past now?
2: Actually, they don't for me, I have to say. Always when I sometimes listen to old stuff, uh, it's always like I'm actually happy with it, and uh, I could imagine, especially now playing stuff from 2013, it's uh, probably a lot of people, kids on the parties, even don't know the music or something, but it doesn't sound like old to me, like some other stuff I did in my life that it sounds really old to me now, but our stuff actually not.
1: No, it doesn't. Also for me, it doesn't sound old. Um, Some of my favorites, uh, going back, um, are still... uh... So we did in the past, but still with um, with the idea in the head that the best is not, uh, yet um, not written down. So it's always uh, trying to move forward, uh, but without forgetting where we're coming from. Uh, this means that I'm very proud and happy on every single piece of music we did, uh, but I don't want to repeat it again, you know, so um, it's always, always move forward uh, in terms of um, creating, even though if it's, for example, um, I don't know how to say it, um, I think maybe back in the days, our music was a little bit more hitty, yeah, Um, uh, which maybe these days not, but I think these days the music is a little bit more um, more meaningful and deeper and um, it it has maybe more to say at least to me, you know, and yeah, but as I said, going back for example, Save, Save is one of my all-time fave tracks from us, and uh, every time I'm listening to it, I'm very proud that this is a song coming from us, you know. And for sure, when, when I remember myself, I play it. If not, uh, whenever I listen to it, I think, oh, I should put it back in the box. I want to play it. So, um, <laughs> just a second, just a second. Um Ich bin ganz kurz in einem. Ich bin in einem. Ich bin in einem Gespräch. Nein, war noch nicht. Kommst du bald wieder rum, ne? Yo, tschüss. Oh, sorry.
0: Oh, no problem.
1: um I'm here in our. I I have a little furniture store and oh, um man. and my partner is just. Uh, for grocery because we have a little wine tasting tonight here and i'm alone and we are in an area where um we have some crazy people out there which i kind of like
0: (laughs) that's great um uh, you know moving forward i'm glad you just mentioned it save uh you guys have this kind of long-standing relationship with uh the guys over at inner visions um for those who are listening who don't know it's you know really really influential label run by Dixon and MA um kind of a two two two-part question here one I'm just curious um how you connected with those guys and what the relationship is and then the second piece is uh Akamar track and EP and that was obviously you know such a huge track both for you guys and for uh the label I'm wondering You know, when you're in the studio and you finish up a track like that, does it feel the same as the other ones? Because you love all your music or when you finish something like that, do you kind of have this sense that, you know, this one might be a little different?
1: Um I, uh, I I mean, I, I think one of my strengths is to, to to realize, indifferent if it's our music or music from from other people, I clearly can um, um, uh, hear a difference if something is a little bit more, has something more to say than others, you know. And I didn't know Stefan personally at all, so I sent him an email, and because I wanted him to listen to Safe and give give me some feedback on it, and uh, yeah, I needed to, I needed to insist, and I tried it four times because I knew, no man, I need the answer here. Uh, you need to get back to it, you know, and. Um, then he really got back to me, and uh, he signed it. Actually,
2: the funny thing is, uh, while Sandrino was luckily fully invested because he believed so much in the track and was insisting them to to listen to it, I actually at the time where we produced the track, I had even had no idea what is inner visions. So <laughs> I didn't even know.
0: <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, I mean, I think I think your your track there kind of helps. You know. them into the spotlight even more and obviously you know they've done a great job building out the brand and you know kind of going off of that uh about a a year or so after you guys will obviously be able to give the exact date but uh you announced your label um some over histories in 2016 and yes you know i'm just curious i think for those who are listening uh, on from an outside perspective you know i think from for a fan we see so many artists have labels and it feels like everyone has one and it kind of seems like, Oh, it's not that hard to do, but obviously running a label is, you know, a ton of work and very challenging. I am um, wondering if you guys could just tell us about kind of why you decided to start a label and you know, what, what it's like, just been working on it. And as you know, like when you came on the call and you mentioned, you know, you just had an artist send you some awesome music, what is it you're looking for um, from artists and demos when you want to sign something? Um, ba- basically,
1: it's very easy. Um, music needs to be touching. Yeah? This is the main thing. Yeah? Uh, while Frankie is more looking in technical details on, on a track, yeah, um, which I'm also very interested in, and it, um, um, a track should be, um, I mean, in, in quality-wise, needs to be uh, very high-end, although I'm also looking into something which touches me. And at the end of the day, if there is um, a track which is really, really doing something with me yeah then maybe the quality or maybe um, the groove like Frankie always uh, like to say because a groove is important or the drumming and everything gets a little bit more in the background and um, I just I just um, I just go with the vibe of a song rather than the quality of a song Um, and for the label I mean we I don't know if People think there is a specific sound we're representing because actually, when we select music, we don't have any sound in mind. So, whatever comes and whatever uh, brings something on the table which both of us likes a lot, yeah, this is what we are going to release at the end of the day um, indifferent if it's uh, if it's breakbeats or maybe a little bit more uh, um, electronica or techno or house or melodic or whatever you want to call it it's it's in, it's important that it's music we both like and it's interesting and it sounds at least for us fresh and yeah, new.
2: I think also what what um, I mean usually the pre-selection is go, going through Sandrino he's more the selector and collector and people sent him the music and if he finds something that stands out he sends it to me and the, the thing is actually I think what we're looking for even we have quite also like a different music tastes but we always agree on the on the good stuff because we're looking for something that that stands out and has like a like a character like a unique, unique character that the, the 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 artistic language the music language is like a unique one you know just from this person that it sounds like nobody else and also what you also mentioned often sandrina that it's Maybe also timeless in a way, you know, that it still can be a a track with the same uh, feelings and emotions and uh, impact uh, and and freshness uh, in 10 years maybe also. That's a little bit what, what we're looking for, not for a certain style, but it has to have some character and then somehow stand out.
0: When it when it comes to your own music, um, you know, I think you guys didn't put a track out on the label yourself for about a year or so. Um, You know, what is the decision process when you guys create a track behind we want to send this somewhere else or we want to host it ourselves?
2: Actually, we we, we try to keep this kind of considerations. out of the studio, you know, we, we, we start thinking about it when something is done. But uh, in the studio, we just do music and we don't start thinking about making it fit for some label or t- stuff like this. And after we just, um, we speak uh, together or with manager about maybe it was a good idea to where would it fit. And um, yeah, and now recently it just felt right from the beginning to uh, release uh, our last EP on our label. It's just kind of a no-brainer. I don't know why. <laughs>
1: basically, basically is also um, like um, we wanted to escape the dependency on on labels, on their timelines, on their um, uh, agreements, on everything, you know, and uh, just being more independent. And of course. Um, as much as I love, uh, for example, uh, Inner Visions or um, other labels uh, where we work with, you know, um, sometimes the um, the taste goes goes different ways, and um, a label develops, and it, this doesn't mean um, the label develops in a bad way, but in a different way, and maybe not the way. Um, we or I feel connected to um, um, any longer in in such a way, for example, like for a few years back. So it's just logical. Also, this is why we started the label to have something which is more connected to our idealistic uh, vision of uh, of electronic music. And um, we actually decided or not decided, we spoke about it, um, that... We just want to release on our own label our music uh, it's just it's just a thought uh, if we do it it's another thing you know uh, because uh, you know something will always happen and maybe you get together with the other people new people maybe uh, we will do another inner visions or whatever uh, or mood music or whatever but the intention now is Let's, let's release it on our own label. We have our own label. We have uh, very nice people, good people working with us on the label. Um, I don't see the point to do it somewhere else at this, uh, at this stage, to be honest
0: absolutely well you guys certainly rang true to that this year um you know the the and hope ep was was really awesome and as you mentioned earlier uh you know you've you you said yourself you felt like kind of recently you maybe have gotten a little more experimental a little more kind of in that organic world uh i wanted to ask specifically about the track tga um Uh, you know just kind of going through all the music you guys put out I felt like it wasn't super often where you are working with a vocalist Um, and so I'm wondering you know what the process is like for you how do you find the right person and are you making that decision beforehand that you want to make a vocal track or have you made the track and you just know that it needs somebody singing on it?
2: it started um, this time with um... The singer Ia Öberg, that um, uh, old friend of mine from Sweden, that I was uh, touring with with another project, um, that at some lounge in some airport, he introduced me to to this voice because a friend of him was uh, creating some like singer songwriter songs with this lady singing, and just sold to me to the headphones that it's maybe be something interesting to to work with, and there was something into her voice, something special that I really liked, and then I, I showed it to Sandrino and. Uh, yeah, he agreed, and then we uh, created uh, Ways of the Sun, and then everything else, I think you were more in contract uh, with, with both, and then uh, they sent us uh, over the years a few more tracks, and at some point uh, we felt like oh, we, we could uh, use, we could do another one with this this part also of the voice really fits nice into something that we could do, and um, yeah, we went just for a second time because uh, we really love her voice.
1: Yeah. We, uh, this was since Ways of the Sun, we always uh, wanted to to um, uh, repeat or to start to work again with Oeberg um, yeah, and um, then Carl, he sent me over some some vocal snippets, uh, some ideas, and um, it was like, I think, four or five different ideas. And then we we automatically uh, felt attracted to to the um, to the idea of TGA. And actually, it was the way around, we didn't build the track. And then we we asked for the vocals on it, we had the the lyrics, and then we thought of uh, something which can be uh, built around those lyrics.
0: So kind of with the whole EP, you know, it was one of the longer, if not longest EPs you guys have put out. And again, you know, as you mentioned, I think you felt it was a little more experimental. Um, Can you just take us through kind of the process of creation and how you feel maybe that's changed for you over the years, you know, this one kind of going in a little different direction than some of the earlier work?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it was a kind of a process of different timeframes. And um, we tried to capture like different moods. Yeah. Uh, Even though it may seem to be in the same bubble or, or, or born out of the same bubble. For us, it's not. It's, um, uh, it's completely different. There are four pieces of music which you can categorize differently and uh, everything or every song has its own um, um, story. Uh, as well as in in when you hear it uh, as in a in a in a making in a process so for example like uh, and and hope 40 or hope 43 um, basically it's simple as it is we took acid in the studio Uh, frank Took the bass guitar and we start to experiment. Finally, after all these years, um, with a real instrument, yeah, because Frankie he has all the skills, but we never used them till this date. So and yeah, on acid, bass guitar, and hope was uh, very fast
2: born. But it was also for me actually because while you mentioned it, and you were not the first one uh, who mentioned it, is that this EP is different or, as you said, experimental. It actually never felt that way to me while we were uh, doing it. It was just something that happened in that moment, like uh, the Green Leaf track was uh, just, we were sitting here in my home and just before going to bed and uh, I showed him some sounds from a nice synthesizer and then it just happened in, uh, in two hours and that track was done. It was just uh, in that moment, and uh, just natural, you know? And so it never felt that we were doing low. Let's do something different. It was never like the, mm. the plan. just did music.
1: I think with a different or maybe it's a generally intrinsic motivation we have that we don't want to repeat ourselves so always even though the music is is in the same genre but uh, we always try to evolve or to do something little things different or um, better or whatever than the last time this is just a natural process for us in the studio.
0: Yeah absolutely no I, I I mean, I think just the way it evolves over time, that's really great, and hopefully we see you guys using more instruments going forward. I mean, this EP was really, really special, and it was a great listen. Um, You know, going forward, uh, I'm just curious, kind of on the release side, do you guys have plans to put more music out this year? And then, you know, as we're getting ready at, at some point soon to return to live performances, I'm wondering if there is, you know, a vision that you guys have for kind of a live a live aspect to your show uh, a visual piece you know if you had like unlimited budget you know what would you spend? what would you do?
1: yeah I mean we we just finished um, a new EP which we are now thinking um, when to do it when to release it Uh, we have a couple of remixes we did like in the last actually one of it is already three years uh, uh, waiting to be released but still one of my favorites uh, it will come out as soon it's a remix we did for Andre Lodeman uh, like three or four years ago and it's now finally coming out next month or this month and then we have some other stuff uh, also on, on Bedrock Bedrock was back then like 20 years ago it was very influential to uh, my musical direction to be honest so I'm I'm very happy we do something together with Bedrock and then, of course, working on the label. And um, going to the the second question with the life aspect, Uh, we we recently tried um, a kind of a hybrid set um, where um, I mix or i play the music maybe with a a different approach uh, on the musical selection and uh, frankie is connected with with his sound card and synth and um and keyboards and he's playing live melodies affix over uh, without exaggerating it's just the way to feel it uh, very organically and naturally, and um, or to add something on top of it, and I kind of like this hybrid of it because it adds um, it it adds this spontaneous thing on it. It adds something to it, and um, it's not for a all night long or forever for uh, for a longer set, but it's something more compact for a one one and a half hours uh, performance, and I really like that because. Uh, it's it's musically very interesting and it's it's it feels very different while while playing. Definitely. So this is definitely something we wanna we wanna follow and maybe also to 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 bring someone who is doing the lights um to it with us because the lights light performance uh, to to music uh, sing to the music is as much as important as the music.
0: Yep. That's awesome. Well, very much looking forward to seeing that. uh, Hopefully, one day soon. Just the last question I have for you guys is, obviously, as label heads and you know influential producers, are there any kind of up and coming or just new artists um, that you guys have been listening to recently that you want to shout out? (laughs) Imperieux. I agree.
1: Imperieux. Imperieux. Imperieux.
0: All right, we'll have to get them on the channel then, huh?
1: Yeah, Imperio is. Um, we are happy having him on board on some of our histories. He is a very special guy with a special sound, with a very eclectic and unique uh, signature sound. And um, it's when I'm listening to to the music he's sending uh, to us, and then I need some time away from his music in order to. Um, to accept the other music, or to 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 listen to the other music, because it, it seems to me very advanced and uh, very far away from everything
2: else. Wow, that's yeah. going to be interesting to look what coming uh, from this in the upcoming years. There will be a lot, I think. <laughs> wow.
0: Well- one to watch then that's that's a good note and uh we'll be sure to reach out to get them on the interview channel right that's really awesome i'll have to check them out uh i just want to say again thank you guys so much for coming on and taking the time today uh really appreciate Thanks it this was awesome it was really cool learning more about thank you guys you. and hearing all your music and uh hopefully we'll see you in the states sometime soon
1: yeah basically cool. i started to work on a visa procedure right now and i hope um I hope we, or in this case, me, um, can make it end of the year. Um, because I'm You're also in to come back.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll keep our eyes out or he's yep. peeled. Thanks, guys. Ciao. Congrats. Thank you. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.